on everybody this is diego and i am ready to continue our arkham hardly contain myself series today i want to review one of my favorite batman story arcs um that's the story of the court of owls so uh, first of all why review the series i reviewed white knight i'm reviewing now court of owls i also want to review the hush um limited series and the reason for it is that these are some of the strongest uh, of the modern Batman story arcs that could possibly find their way onto the big screen at some point. Um, they're showcasing Batman at his best as the world's greatest detective. They're putting Batman to the test, taking him out of his comfort zone, and possibly... Most importantly, they are featuring new enemies or new spins on existing enemies. And I think that that's something that Batman, to be able to continue appealing to audiences, is going to need to start heading towards. We've already seen so many different enemies from Batman's rogues gallery. We've seen the Joker several times. We've seen Mr. Freeze, Riddler, Penguin, Catwoman. We've seen, um, let's see, what else have we seen in the movies? Bane and uh, Poison Ivy. So we've seen so many of the classic villains, you could say, that um, for a new movie to come in and make an impression, uh, the same way that the Dark Knight trilogy did, right? When the Dark Knight trilogy came out, it started off... Introducing Ra al Ghul, um, it introduced us to Scarecrow, at least its interpretation of Scarecrow. Um, it introduced us to, uh, obviously, the Joker in the second one, but then right away introducing Two-Face in a very different way than he'd been presented before. Bane in a very different way than, he's been, than he'd been presented before. Um, Talia al Ghul, and all of them kind of in this more grounded version of, of the characters. And so I think that the uh, villains featured in some of these story arcs from the comic series that I'm going to be reviewing, I think a lot of them could lend a, sen a sense of freshness to the Batman that we see on screen, just because they can challenge him in different ways. So specifically the Court of Owls. Um, the entire series, and it's a lot of issues that this spans, and this is actually a story arc that is not a standalone limited series. This is actually part of the regular Batman continuity um, in the New 52 version of Batman that started after the events of Flashpoint Paradox. Um, and it introduced us to this secret organization, basically... It is uh, something sort of like the Illuminati, but it's specific only to Gotham City. And these are rich and elite people, leaders within Gotham, who meet as a secret society and who basically call the shots. They're the ones pulling the strings. They're the ones guiding Gotham in certain directions. They're the ones truly ruling the city from, from the darkness. And when somebody gets out of line... 
when somebody defies them, the court of owls, in some way, they send out an assassin called the Talon, right? The Talon, named after, of course, you know, the nails, the talons of, uh, of an owl. The interesting thing to me is the entire mythology that the writer created for this organization for this group and the the writer by the way that's uh scott snyder who is one of my favorite batman writers um he also was joined by greg capullo who is the artist also one of my favorite artists for batman he just captures that entire noir and darkness um that that i love seeing in batman comics and so they um they created a really cool mythology for the court of owls Everything starts off, this whole storyline starts off with um, Bruce Wayne's inner monologue. Uh, and he, he's recalling this nursery rhyme. Um, and it's a nursery rhyme about the Court of Owls. And so it says the following. Here's the nursery rhyme. Beware the Court of Owls that watches all the time. Ruling Gotham from a shadowed perch behind granite and lime. They watch you at your hearth. They watch you in your bed. Speak not a whispered word about them, or they'll send a talon for your head. <laughs> and so, it's this is a nursery rhyme that, um, as this story tells us, every kid in Gotham knows. And it's it's basically something that parents would tell their kids, you know, kind of like the boogeyman sort of thing, right? But it turns out that there's actually a lot of truth to it within the reality of Gotham City in the DC Comics. And it turns out that the Court of Owls is, in reality, this uh, secret society, and that they do rule Gotham from the shadows, and that they are watching any given person at any given time, if it's somebody of interest to them, and that if you do defy them, they will send a talon for their head. They will send this assassin for them. And um, so just, a, uh, I guess, as a... Uh, caution and warning if this story interests you at all it's a very very good batman story arc you can find trade paperbacks and hardcovers on amazon or anywhere else where comics are sold pretty much you'll probably be able to find a collection of all the comics that tell the story of the court of owls there's another one also which is the knight of owls that both of them are directly connected um and they continue the storyline so i i really really recommend this story it's a great batman story eventually it involves the entire bat family so you've got uh nightwing and robin and batgirl all of them involved in this entire uh this entire this entire story arc very well written a lot of depth a lot of background is created for this whole thing it involves many more characters than just batman um dick grayson has a really big um part in the arc he's connected rather personally um to to this whole thing so uh let's talk about the talons for a little bit so the talon is again it's seen as this kind of mystical assassin that is sent by the court of owls to punish its enemies um and it's uh in reality it's not one single person so what the court of owls has done is that they developed this technology utilizing some kind of chemicals that they submerge a person into where they preserve and basically keep a person who is technically supposed to be dead, preserve them alive, 
and they are able to wake them up at will whenever they need to create a new Talon, a new assassin for the Court of Owls. And so typically it's always one at a time. So they keep like this entire reserve, basically, um, all these tanks uh, filled with this liquid, each of them holding one individual. And the individuals that they would select would be remarkable people, remarkable individuals um, that basically not a lot of people would miss if they were kidnapped. Because these people are basically kidnapped and they're technically turned into like these order-following zombie assassins and once they put them through whatever brainwash process it is that they uh, put them through they would then um they would then submerge them and basically leave them kind of stashed for whenever they needed them so if one of the talons did get killed although they were highly skilled they still could get killed if one of the talons got killed they would simply replace them with a new one they would wake up another one of these remarkable fighters and a new talent would be born. But it was always one at a time. And so the, the whole story arc is basically Batman discovering that this was not at all just a nursery rhyme. That this was not at all just a folk's tale. That there actually is a court of owls. And what I really love about this is that Batman, I mean by this point in Batman's career... He really feels like he knows Gotham City. You know, uh, in the comics, I love how much detail they put into all the setup that Bruce Wayne has in Gotham City. So it's not just the Batcave underneath Wayne Manor. He actually has tons of interconnected tunnel systems throughout the subterranean areas of Gotham City so that he can mobilize through Gotham City very quickly. You always wonder, right, how does Batman get around so efficiently throughout from one point of the city to the next? Well, he has an entire system of underground tunnels. He has vehicles stashed underground in Gotham City that he can utilize at any moment and any specific spot that he's designated. He can he knows he can find a vehicle there, a boat, a motorcycle, uh, a Batmobile. Um, he has wiring running throughout all of Gotham City subterraneously um, that lets him keep tabs on wherever criminals are located throughout Gotham. Um, so he has this entire infrastructure underneath Gotham City and he uses uh, Wayne Enterprises a great deal to create all this to create this entire network of communication and of and of uh, uh, of transportation for himself he uses Wayne because uh, Wayne Enterprises because whenever Wayne Enterprises works on a new project let's say they're building a bridge or they're um, rebuilding some sewers or they're building a new building you know somewhere in the city, um, even stuff that he like donates, right? Let's say that he's rebuilding, that he's building a new museum or a new, uh, you know, opera house or something like that. He utilizes any of those opportunities to expand his network of infrastructure in Gotham City. And this is the kind of detail that I I love about the comic books, right? They give you all these understandings of how it is that Batman achieves what he's able to achieve in Gotham City. And so he thinks he knows Gotham, not just the infrastructure, but 
and, and not just the criminal mindset in Gotham, which, you know, after so many years of fighting crime, he would, of course, start understanding how the minds of Gotham-specific criminals operate. He spends a lot of time in Arkham Asylum. He spends, he knows all the, the staff members, correctional officers, all the psychiatrists, the people who run uh, Arkham Asylum, who run Blackgate. He understands the Gotham Police Department. He's very much in tune with the politicians in Gotham. So he feels like Gotham is his city and that nobody understands it better than him. And that he, as Batman and Bruce Wayne, is really running Gotham City. So, lo and behold, his mind is blown, his world is, is rocked, when he realizes, like, wait a minute, what? There's a secret society that's been operating in Gotham City that pulls the strings in Gotham City, and I didn't know about these people? Like, he, it, it's almost like a personal offense to him when he realizes that the Court of Owls could actually be a real thing. So he goes into full-on detective mode. He doesn't eat. He starts ignoring Alfred and ignoring Nightwing and ignoring everybody. Like, he really dives headfirst into this investigation. And so, again, we get to see him at his best as the world's greatest detective. He's just following up on clues. He's uh, going out in disguise. He's trying to gather information. He's uh, investigating, running chemicals. I mean, all sorts of things. Trying to get to the bottom of who these people are. Who who are the Court of Owls. And um, unbeknownst to him, as he is trying to get information on them, they are watching him. They've already assigned the Talon to go and hunt him down. And so at first they start kind of toying with him, right? Like they sabotage him as he's, you know, out in the city investigating or whatever it is. They, they sabotage him and play with him, play mind games with him until he starts realizing, okay, these people are actually after me. And then eventually they straight up get him. The Talon gets him, knocks him out and takes him um, to an underground facility where there's this gigantic labyrinth, kind of like the labyrinth of the Minotaur. Um, where it's, you know, one of these things that's very difficult to get out of. Um, they drug him somehow, and they put him down there. He has to figure out a way out of there. The Talon is hunting him in the labyrinth. Um, and then by the end of it, he, he ends up missing for days. Like, he goes completely missing to the point where Alfred is legitimately worried that he got killed by a villain out there. Nightwing is worried. Batgirl, Robin, they're all starting to think the worst. Um, and he eventually gets out he eventually um frees himself from the court of owls um but they basically make a bold statement to him and they let him know you are not running the city we are in charge of gotham you don't have an iron grip on gotham we can take you out any moment we want to we just choose not to because you help bring a certain balance to gotham but don't get out of line or we're going to take you out too. <laughs> so it's a huge power play that the Court of Owl does on Batman. Point is, he defies them. And then in what becomes the, the, the story arc of the Night of Owls. The Night of the Owls. The Court of Owls unleashes every single talent that they have. They basically wake up every warrior that they have. 
And they send them all to destroy Batman and destroy his entire Bat family. Um, there's this crazy uh, part in that story arc where Wayne Manor is attacked because these people actually know who he is. They know who Batman is. And so they send them to Wayne Manor. They're attacking Wayne Manor. They get down to the Batcave. Batman is holding off for as long as he can behind this barricaded, you know, blast door. And then he has to, like, uh, he starts discovering the weakness of the talons. He realizes that these guys, when the temperature lowers past a certain degree, they become completely, um, uh, they, they become unable to operate. Right, their motor skills shut down, and that has to do with the whole process of how they put the talents to sleep in those uh, containers with with that liquid. They lower the temperature to a certain degree. It's basically like almost like they freeze them. Um, and and at a certain point, we we get the entire Bat family individually fighting different talents. And the cool thing is that as we're seeing the talents, we notice that they're each different. They each have a different skill set. They come from a different place in the world. Um, and so each one, each each member of the Bat family has kind of like a different uh, challenge to take down these, uh, these talents. Um, by the end of it, of course, Batman does find a way to beat them. He doesn't take out the Court of Owls because, again, he's still not sure who these people actually are. But they do defeat the talents. Um, one talent, actually... Ends up kind of reconsidering his life, basically, and he decides to kind of become a vigilante on his uh, a vigilante of his of his own, and he actually spawned. I don't know if this is still going on this comic series, but they, he spawned um, a comic series called Talon, and uh, it was following the uh, the the story of this one Talon after the events of the Night of the Owls. And how he decided to start kind of living free of the Court of Owls. So, um, lots of other details. The the like I said before, the story is beautifully written. Um, there are there's so much attention to detail. So much we spend so much time in the psyche of Bruce Wayne and Batman, and the impact that the realization that the Court of Owls is real has on him. We um, get to get pretty deep also into the relationship between Batman and Dick Grayson and the Bat family, his son Damian Wayne. Um, they all have to react obviously to the fact that Batman was missing for days. Then when they get him back, you know, he's all obsessed with this court of owls. And so there's so much story, so much story to tell. Just between those two books, The Court of Owls and The Night of the Owls. You could easily create an entire trilogy, a movie, uh, an entire trilogy of movies for that story arc. There is so much to tell in there. And this is where I go back to why I'm reviewing these uh, series and these story arcs as part of the Arkham Hardly Contain Myself series. Because I feel like DC Comics has so much to pull from. So many great storylines to pull from. And that's not even, you know, talking about story arcs like The Man Who Laughs or The Killing Joke or uh, or, or the, the, the Long Halloween or um, Hush, which is another one of the ones that I'm going to be reviewing. Um, that's not even counting on stories like those. Like those stories... Are, have been around for ages. They've been around for a very long time. I mean, I'm talking about the the newer ones, 
um, you know, things like the White Knight or like the Court of Owls. But DC has material to pull from to create great Batman stories. If they were, if they hadn't been in such a rush to build their own cinematic universe and their own shared universe, if they would have waited and not introduced Ben Affleck's Batman in the form of the Batman versus Superman movie and then rushed them right into Justice League, if they would have taken their time and allowed Ben Affleck to, as an actor and as a director, remember Ben Affleck was actually attached for a while to direct the the Batman movie, the one that is now um, being directed by uh, what is it, Matt Reeves, and uh, with uh, Robert Pattinson as as Bruce Wayne Batman. Um, if they would have taken their time, they had a good actor in Ben Affleck and a good director. Ben Affleck has already proven himself as a, in both capacities. He could have easily uh, starred in and directed uh, a Batman movie. If they would have given him the opportunity with a great storyline, like the Court of Owls, for instance, to prove himself as Batman in the new trilogy, and then move towards interconnecting him with the rest of the DC Universe, man, we would have gotten such a different outcome. Because, again, stories like these, they could make for incredible movies that get people captivated, just like The Dark Knight did. So... I hope that if you do get a chance, and if you are into comics, um, that you check out The Court of Owls, check out The Night of the Owls. Um, even if you don't follow the New 52 continuity of, of Batman, check out those two story arcs, which are really one. Because it's, it's, it's definitely a story worth getting into. Um, you wouldn't need to know too much background uh, or too much of what else is going on in the New 52 DC Comics, um, and by the way, the New 52, I don't think that's a thing anymore, I think they've moved past that already, there's been other events in DC Comics, I kind of dropped off after uh, after a few years of the New 52, um, things started going kind of in a weird direction, like DC usually does, um, but up until this point, these story arcs that I'm pointing out, man, they were solid, I really, really highly recommend them. Uh, Night of Owls, everybody. I hope that if you do read it, you enjoy it. And I really, really hope to see this in a good video game, like the Arkham video game series, or maybe in a you know a series of uh, well-created movies at some point down the road. Definitely a story worth telling. Thank you guys for listening. I will catch you guys in the next episode.